0: Here's another study from Calvary Chapel, Rochester. I don't know how many of you um, have ever had a uh, an Esther moment. Anybody had an Esther moment before? Like, nobody knows what an Esther moment is. <laughs> if you recall the story of Esther um, in the Bible she was a Jew who, uh, uh, she married the, uh, the, uh, Prince of Persia. And, uh, there was a guy at that time that was trying to, uh, he was actually like a, an old Testament version of Hitler wanting to annihilate the Jewish race, the people of the Jews. And, uh, so he came up with this plot. And, uh, anyways, um, Esther had an uncle named Mordecai and, uh, Esther was talking to Mordecai and, and, uh, Mordecai was basically trying to encourage Esther to stand up for her people. And, uh, you know, Mordecai said these famous words to Esther, said basically, you know, uh, God's going to deliver his people. No matter what, God's going to do it. But who knows if you have been born for such a time as this. And it was really a challenge to Esther that she had this Esther moment where God had brought her into this position, a place of influence, an opportunity to do something marvelous for his kingdom. And, uh, of course, you know the rest of the story. She, she, uh, she stood up to the challenge, and it was at risk to her life. Uh, but God brought about a, a, an amazing deliverance uh, among the Jewish race, and they even celebrate it today on the celebration of Purim. So uh, anyways, the reason why I share that, I've asked uh, Pastor Ben Kangar from Calvary Chapel Red Wing, which is uh, one of our sister churches uh, here in Minnesota, to come and speak with us today. And, and uh, I think he's had an Esther moment uh, where God has brought him into a position uh, of giving him an, an, an amazing opportunity to do something wonderful for his kingdom uh, and uh, i don 't want to share too much because i don't want to I don't, I don't want to steal uh pastor ben 's thunder, but i 'm um, very excited about Pastor Ben being here this morning, and uh i 'll just let him uh fill in the rest of the blanks so uh Pastor Ben, you want to come on up?
1: hope you can understand english because i don't you know sometimes you share a joke and you're like, what is he saying? Thanks, guys you are with us. I want to thank the Lord this morning for giving me the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm married into the Johnson's family. Um, so Luke and I share the same family history. And uh, I was smart. I took the first daughter, man. So, you know, <laughs> been married for 19 years, going on 20. I can just can't believe it. It's It's been that long. And I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity the Lord has given to us to be here. If there's any place I don't want to be, it's in Wisconsin or Minnesota, last place on earth I wanted to live. And the Lord said, really? Okay, we're going to see who's the boss here. And so I figured out quickly that God is in charge, not me. And I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity that the Lord gave us. Uh, I just think this is an honor and a privilege to be here this morning, to worship with you, to have the opportunity to share what the Lord has on my heart, and what the Lord is doing here in your midst. It is an honor for me to be here. I want to thank the Lord for giving us the opportunity to be able to share with you. I have like a few things I want to share. And so I want us to start right, right on to it. Because um, uh, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey with the Lord. And um, God has shown some things in my own life, in my walk with the Lord, that I continue to learn every day. Um, I've been pastor for Cavalry Chapel in Red Wing for five years, going on six years. I was pastor before that, you know, in my school days in seminary. Um, but over the years, for the past 25 plus, almost 30 years, I was uh, in youth ministry uh, with team missions in Florida, uh, back in Liberia and also in the States. So I've been involved in that area for uh, some time. And I want to thank the Lord for those years of my life that he gave me an opportunity to be where I was. But I think the Lord has brought me to a different place in my life that I never expected to be. But God knew the plan before I was born. And he had a plan for my life that I didn't know of. And I thank the Lord for those opportunities. Um, as Pastor Dunn said, I've had an Esther moment in my life. And this is what I want to share with you this morning what God is doing in my life, where I am now. Not just me, but the life of my family as a whole. Uh, Married, like I said, mother's older sister, or the older sister. We have five boys, 17, 15, 13, oh, 17, 15, 13, 10, and three and a half years old. And all boys. So we have a very... Quiet house, no action at all. Everything is just smooth. No wrestling, nothing. Everything is just just awesome. It's really good. Uh, we we are so thankful again for the Lord giving us the opportunity. Now, I just want to share with you uh, what the Lord has laid on our heart. But before we start, um, I want us to pause and just ask the Lord for His blessing and for His guidance. And anything that is spoken here will come from the heart of God. Not from the mouth of man, but from the heart of God. Let's pray. Father, what a blessing, Lord, to come into your presence for thanksgiving. Many things, Father, we can be thankful for. Above all things, Father, we are thankful for Jesus Christ and him crucified. So, Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for your church. The fellowship, law of believers, of those that have come to faith in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we can learn your word together. I pray, Father, as we come before your feet this morning, Lord, to learn of you, that you will teach us, that you will show us, that you will guide us in all truth, We thank you for this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to share with you, I want to share some things very, very important to me. And that is, I'm in the midst of something that I never dreamed of of being. And that is coming to, um, um, not just as a pastor, but something that other people saw that I never saw in my own life. So, you're going to be a pastor someday? I'm like, nope. Last thing on my list. First of all, I don't be a pastor. You get poor. It's just just not a good thing. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And of all places, you know, I remember uh, Tammy sharing with me when we came to visit one of my sister-in-law's wedding. She said, you know, the Lord told me, you know, that you're going to be moving here. I said, that's good. He didn't tell me that. (laughs) The Lord told me, you stay in a warm area, son. So she was like, oh, Okay. So that was it. Well, almost five years to the time, things changed, and that door was open. And we were able to come up and uh, spend time with the family here. And the Lord opened the door for us to come up here uh, to share with about it. I've lived in the States for 22 years, almost 23 years now. i lived in Florida for almost 10 years. And in those 10 years' time, or almost 15 years' time, I probably encounter maybe four or five Liberians from my country. Maybe four or five. And I saw some of them. I was doing an outreach, and I was in a Bible school where I met my wife. And we were doing outreach in a community. And I was a student body president, and we went out to do puppets and different ministries. And we came to this apartment, and there was this little kid here. And I knew like he was from Liberia. I said, hey, how are you doing? He said, I'm fine. Say, where's your mom? I said, why are you asking for my mom? <laughs> I don't know, where's your dad? Why are you asking for my dad? I just, I just want to know. There was something in me that said he was from Liberia. So I said, hey. So the mom came out and joined our puppet team. And from there, she said, oh, yeah, I'm from Liberia. I'm like, yes, I knew that. Probably that was one of the last time I encountered anyone from my country. And then the Lord opened the door for us to come up here to Wisconsin, Minnesota area. And in the first three months, I encountered more Liberians in the past 15 years of my life. And I'm saying that to say that sometimes we don't want to do something. Sometimes we come to that point in our lives where we say, God, I have a better idea how to handle this thing here. Therefore, I really don't need your help. I prefer staying where I am because it's going to be good. If you ask me, I would prefer staying in the warm weather. I was never born for snow, as you can tell. Never born for snow. But I found out over the years, that God has a plan for each one of us. When God brings that plan to fulfillment, it glorifies him and him alone. As we move to Wisconsin, uh, in the first three months, as I encounter more people from Liberia, if you have asked me five years ago if I would ever go to Liberia and start a ministry, forget it. Not a chance. So, well, you're from Liberia. Why don't you want to go home? Because I believe, if I were to stay home, I should I just stay over there. Why would God bring me over here? What God's reason, God's purpose for that? And um, so we begin to see a lot of things happening. Well, for the first time in 22 years, last year, um, the year before last, sorry, in September, I decided I was going to be going home. But I didn't know for what. And so I had a team of pastors, and we pray. We meet the second Thursday of every month, about 13, 14 pastors from 14 different churches. We meet in Lake Elmo, and we pray, just praying for our communities. that The Spirit of God will move in our area. And at the end, this is almost the third year now in the prayer time. And at the end of that time, one of the pastors came to me and said, Pastor Ben, we would like to do something. I said, what are we going to do? So, we want to go on a mission trip. I said, Oh, okay. Why are you telling me? So, well, we want you to lead the team. I said, Oh, so where are we going? What are we doing? Well, we don't know. You decide where we go, and you decide what we do. Well, who said that? Uh, I'm just telling you that, Pastor Ben. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. So, we kind of laugh about it. I said, Well, I said, what do you want to do? I said, Well, we don't know. Now, this guy has never been on a mission trip before, never in his life as a pastor, 18 years at a church. And so we begin to pray for this. And I said, can we have a pastor's conference? Oh, yeah. Where? Oh, maybe in Liberia? Yeah, let's do it. Well, for the past years, I've been trying to raise money to buy a ticket to go home. It never worked. When we mentioned the idea of pastors' conference for Liberia, in two weeks, I got every penny and more. Now, for the past 19 years, it has never worked. In two weeks' time, we got every money that we needed plus more. God was about to do something that I never saw. And so we went to Liberia, and we had a conference there. But before I say more about my Esther movement, as Pastor said, I want to kind of lay that foundation from scriptural reference why this is important. Because I think anything that I do in my life, anything you do in your life, has to be based on the truth of the unchanging Word of God. If I do anything outside of God, then it's not of God. I always tell my congregation, my friends, my people, If we're going to do something as a congregation that has no example in the Word of God, I want no part of it. It has to be based on what God teaches in His Word. Because the Word of God does not change. Culture can change. Community can change. Country can change. God doesn't change. And God's Word remains forever. So anything we do has to be based on the truth of the nature of God and His Word. So... I want us to look at something that I just call God's global view for his church. God's global view for his church. When God put together the church, as you already understand, you know very well, the church is the body that Christ died for. We are the church. This is a place of worship where we come to worship only Jesus Christ alone. So we are the church. What is God's perspective and view when it comes to the view of the church, which is you and myself? Well, thanks for asking the question. Let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 11. There is a beautiful story that kind of parallel to what we want to share this morning when it comes to God's perspective of the church. Acts 11. I'm just going to read through that, and I'm not going to do a little bit of... In depth study, we're just going to go through to hit the highlights of this text. We could spend, as my church will tell you, we'll probably spend two years going through that chapter, but we don't have time for that. So we'll just go through it to kind of highlight some of the things that God has done in the church, God is doing in the church, and God wants to do it through his church. Acts 11. Now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I sought a vision. An object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners and it came to me. When I observed it intently, I consider I saw four footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord. For nothing common or unclean has any time uh, entered my mouth. But a voice answered and said to me, from heaven, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was uh, having been sent to come uh, from Caesarea. Then the spirit, the spirit of the Lord, told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and were entered in the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in the house, who said to him, "Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved." Verse fifteen. And as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remember in the word of the Lord how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall baptize, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life." Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over the uh, over Stephen travel as far as uh, Phoenicians and Saras and Antioch, preaching the word to go no one um, to no one but the Jews only, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Syria, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and had a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, when he came and had seen in the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them, that with purpose of heart they shall continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tardis to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that. For a while, for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. In those days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciple, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. There is a lot there for us to look at, but I kind of wanted to pick up a few things here. One of the few things we see here is the power of the gospel transformed lives. I've seen the first verse. God transformed lives of people that do not know Jesus Christ by the power of the gospel. But this gospel first sent only to the Jews. When they went, they just went to their own people. But they didn't stop there. The, the, the gospel broke the power of tradition. When you look in verse 2 to 3, the power of the gospel break tradition. You see We've had the opportunity to travel in several countries to minister. And one thing I've seen over and over and over and over in my life, no matter what country you go into, no matter where you are in the world, the power of the gospel is able to transform lives. God's purpose for the church is that lives will be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Nothing less and nothing more. That people will come to faith in Christ. That is the goal and God's global purpose for the church. Is that we go out to the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. A transformed life. There, There was a call on his life. Verse 49. We found out that the apostles were called to the gospel. In verse 12 we see that they followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Whenever God calls us, we need to respond in the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 13, we see that Peter become an instrument for God. He was able to preach the gospel and many came to faith in Christ. God can and is willing to transform lives through the power of the gospel. we we'll look in verse 17. But the thing that I kind of wanted to hit the highlight of is the church in Antioch. Now. There was a church, the church in Antioch was the church of a Gentile, Gentile region. The church in Jerusalem was the church of mostly Jewish believers. So you have the Gentiles up here, and you have the Jewish down here, and something is transforming the life of the church. If you understand what the struggle was, like in the colonial days, where the blacks and the white and the yellow and the blue, they didn't get along. They just don't get along. It's the same thing in the church. The Jews and the Gentiles, they don't see eye to eye. In fact, Peter was challenged from the beginning. Hey Peter, what's the problem? These guys are uncircumcised. Why would you go and visit them? Why will you even eat with them? And Peter began to explain this is the purpose of the gospel. The gospel is sent to us, it's given to us that we shall go and life should be transformed. They couldn't buy that. But something happened in the church in Jerusalem. And something happened to the church in Antioch. The Jerusalem church heard what was happening. And the Antioch church heard what was happening. And the Gentiles just say, we are one in the body of Christ. And we are going to support the Jerusalem church. Now, that is unheard of. That is unheard of. But the only transforming power we have here is that of the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform life and take hate into love. And so we see the church begin to do something that has never been done before. They took advantage of the circumstances to advance the kingdom of God, they took advantage of the circumstances they were in to advance the kingdom of God. A couple years ago, a lady from our church, well, she didn't come from our church. Her son was coming to our church. And she went to Africa, in particular to Uganda. And she wanted to have an orphanage in Uganda. And when she went, she applied for visas and different things for the kids. And when she came back to the States, the she encountered some kind of a sickness, and it became a whole big thing. And she was thrown off the plane, and it became a big news. And she was very discouraged. And she told her son, her son called me, said, Pastor Ben, my mom, mom just needs some encouragement. I said, what's the deal? He said, look, she, she said, turn on CNN. You will find my mom's name on it. It's deceivers. What's the deal? Well, she went to Africa to adopt the kids and she the visa was denied because she didn't have the money and this is this and that. She got off the plane. I said, Are you kidding me? He said, What? I said, Tell that lady to call CNN to call ABC News and use that medium to advance the kingdom of God. And you're like, Are you kidding me? I said, No, I'm not kidding you. Pull her on the phone. I talked to Mrs. Seaver. The whole thing turned around in her favor. You see, sometimes God brings us to that point and that stage where we can advance the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes some of those opportunities come once in a lifetime. You don't want to miss that. The lady that led me to the Lord, missionary, lived in Liberia for about forty-eight years. The dad was a pastor, was a preacher, a guy from Canada. He has a story, and he told us every single time. Like, he tells you the same story, just like some preacher would do. The same story, like you've never heard it before, okay? Say the same thing over and over. And he said this. He said, at one time, a friend of mine, I was sleeping, and his name just came to my mind. And I was to pray for him. And the Lord said, go and visit him. He's in a hospital, go and visit him. And I didn't. And I got up, and everywhere I turned, the Lord laid that on my heart to go visit him. And I didn't. And a few hours, he died. And he never knew the Lord. He lived with that regret for the rest of his life that the Lord spoke to him, and he deliberately refused to do that. I'm saying this to the church that sometimes God brings obstacles that are opportunities to advance the kingdom of God. Grab hold of that. Don't walk away from it. Because sometimes I might regret for the rest of my life that I had an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God and I didn't because of my own needs. So here, the church began to do something that broke the barrier. And in verse 23, verse 24, we found the fruit of the gospel. Lives were changed in the image of Christ. But in verse 28, it has something that I kind of wanted to look at quickly as I turn to the next thing. Verse 28 says that in the days of Caesar, Agabus, a prophet, a great famine. He prophesied that great famine was going to happen. Famine. Hopefully you get my English. Famine like no food. No food in the place. You're like, what is he saying? family Is that better? family Okay. No food. See so said there's going to be no food in this place at all. And Agabus stood up and prophesied what God told him to say. According to Josephus, I kind of want to go back a little bit. According to Josephus, Josephus is a Jewish historian. That was not a Christian. Who wrote down things for us? It kind of validate the scripture. Outside of the Bible, a guy that was not a follower of Christ wrote down stories of what really happened. So Josephus said this. He said, "Yes, there were family honor Claudius. There were four kinds of families that took place." And Claudius. The first one was in 441, 41 and 42 A.D., after Christ. And that particular famine was in Rome. So it's true, outside of the Bible. The second one took place in 45 A.D., and that was kind of in the Judea area. The third famine took place in A.D. 50, and that was mostly in Greece. The last one that took place was A.D. 52. This is the one that is spoken of in the book of Acts chapter 11. In this one here, they said, Josephus said, this took about three years and there was no food. So we see that the scripture is true. But much more than that, the Antioch church said, oh, there is no food over there. We are going to advance the kingdom of God under these circumstances. As I said from the beginning, Ebola took place in Liberia. I never had a dream of any kind to even go back to Liberia. Not that I don't like my country, I just never had a heart to go back. And a couple years ago, Elijah, well, I'm sorry. The Lord spoke and we started a pastor's conference. And I wanted to see if we can look at just some slides. We're just going to run through it. i are going to give you an idea that actually there was a pastor's conference. We're on the plane, you can see. Okay, well, that's me over there. Yes, you can tell. That's me. Um, the guy over there, that tall fellow over there, he's Calvary Chapel pastor from Colorado Springs. He had about 4,500 to 5,000 people in his church. That's his assistant pastor that I heard about the conference when I told him, we're going to go for a conference. He said, I need to go to Israel and teach and do a lot of stuff. I will stop all my work, and I'm going to go to Liberia. So Pastor Al, Pastor Mark, Pastor Jonathan over there. Now, there's, a fifth, there's, there's two more guys. But Pastor Jonathan over there from the Baptist Church in Lake Elmo. So, those are some of the guys there. Let's go through quickly. Okay, same guys. Okay. Okay. That's my brother, uh, my cousin, Ben Mumford. He's the pastor that coordinated the whole thing in Liberia for us. Okay. Yep, yep, campus where we stay. Pastor Neem from North Carolina, he and I went to the Bible School in Florida. And that's Pastor Ben Mumford's wife. And that was the first wedding that I took part in in Liberia in 19... 19- Oh, uh, what, 92. Oh, I'm sorry, 1989. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Labyrinth Star. yeah. So we, we had a meeting, talked of schedule. The next day, we got a Friday, Saturday. We're on a radio station, yep. So we have an interview on a, on a radio station. A bunch of stuff. There's a guy there. And, yep, yep, just radio stuff. So that's the beach, you know. It's beautiful. That's the beach. we in Liberia and where I grew up. Pretty much water there, you know. Pastor Jonathan, that's the first day. Everything is great, and there you go. That's the church where we had a pastor's conference. We're kind of walking around, checking things out. Kids coming up and giving thumbs up, and, you know, great kids, awesome. Um, some kids just there, just, you know, said, we just think, hey, look over there. Look at the fish. Look at the, you know, chicken feed. And, and well, delicious. Look at that. Um, Pastor Neil. Love pictures. You know, he's never been to Africa before. And a Vietnamese guy, never been to Africa. He, he was, like, living his dream. That was awesome. So, yep, look at that. Oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> uh, what do you think, you know? Now, that's how to sell gas, to put gas in your car. Literally, that's, that's gas, you know. It's in this bottle, and you fill them up, and you put it in your car. Welcome home. All right, that's my mom. That's my mother. That's my mama. Okay, that's my mama. She was here. Mother saw my mom when she came to visit. All right, some kids, you know, nephew and nieces. I don't even, the kids, too many kids. I can't even. You no, know, so kids around. We went, saw my mom's place. That's my mom. Give her a gift, different things. Hey, my sister Sarah, my brother Jacob, my mom, and that's me. So uh, in Minnesota, Green pack of t-shirt. Don't even look at it. That's all right. Um, Pastor L and Pastor Neam. So Pastor Ben, Friday, we got that Saturday ni- Saturday night. His house roof came off. Okay, never happened. He's the guy in charge of the conference in Liberia. The night we arrived, his roof came off. Hmm, I wonder why. Everybody else's house was safe except his house. The roof came off. So now we have kids over there, and the guys, they were just having a blast with the kids. Uh, This is the Carrie Chapel Church in Liberia, and I was introducing our guest speaker, which was Pastor... That's L. Oh, electrical work. Look at that, you know. He's putting a line up. I thought that was an awesome picture. The guy is taking the line and just running to his house. And his buddy's holding, look at that, look at that. And they just thought it was cool. It was cool, man. Look at that guy. You know, not wearing anything. Yeah, power line. There you go. Yep, yep. So this is part of the conference and we're cooking. Yep, that's the ladies cooking in the kitchen. That's part of the conference. That's I think that was our first day of the conference. And Pastor L over there teaching, and each of us would take time to teach. So there's part of the conference in you know, different places, different sessions. Here I was kind of I lead the worship and I do the MC, and we pray for one another. We, we we just spend the time coming. That's my sister Rebecca. She kind of headed the cooking for us. Um, Pastor L also teaching. Enjoy the pastors. Then there's a hotel where we went, and that guy's just crazy. That's Pastor Gary. He just loves that. That guy is crazy. He's awesome. He's crazy. Well, there we are, Pastor Jim Pei and the other and his family over that I came to visit. And uh, again, Pastor Gary. Pastor Gary. Uh, Liberty Capachas Conference, Senegal, Liberia. Uh, this guy here, he doesn't have a leg. Okay, he doesn't have any leg. He travels seven days to come to the conference. Okay, doesn't have any leg. We all took, and you always see a smile on his face. Okay, seven days, seven days. We can drive 15 minutes to come to church. Travel seven days to go to church, to come for the conference. Stay the whole time. Different pastors, we have different guy. we took picture with. That's my mom. She's doing a traditional thing that the guy took picture of, which I didn't really like. When you give a gift, you kind of kneel down. Like, Mom, she said, no, I got to do this. So she gave me a, a, a shirt that was really awesome. That's my mom. And the guys having a like brain food, look at the rice. I mean, great kids. It's awesome. And, you know, look at the smile on their faces, different people that came to the conference. Pastor Gary, he had a lot of pictures. He loved the kids, and they were there. And different things took place, as you can tell. You know, it's just, you just love it. He's all over the place. There's Ben doing the MC stuff. And um, part of the conference where people, these are church leaders and, um, and pastors, so different people, they all got a certificate at the end of the conference, and you would just see different one of those, you know, different guys were taking pictures with different people. Um, yep, 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 that's that's it. And they kind of gave us an outfit at the end of it as a thank you. That was just very humbling for us. And um, most of the pictures came from Garrett. That's why he's always, he had, he wanted to be a librarian guy, so he had his stuff on his face. He wanted to be like an African king. There were some kids we worked with, and, um, some of the guys on staff, or whatever, with different people we, we minister to, minister with, and uh, great kids. And as you can see, some of the way that we drive. Awesome, awesome. This is a kid that we visited from his safe heavy uh, ministry. Um, they all have cerebral palsy. 99% of the kids have cerebral palsy or CP. And um, they, they, got, they just fell in love with the kids as we were there. Um, so different things happened. Robert thing, they were just testing different things out in African village, they just loved those picture. look at that. they just thought it was great you know. And um, yep, with Garrett, the again, and great kids. Um, I'm talking about iron my clothes for church and they were just shocked. I was like, yeah, you know I to iron you know put a coat in the iron and just iron the stuff. They thought it was funny want to take pictures. so there we go you know. Um, yeah, some friends we got there, there you, go. you know where we were. So Cary Chapel, uh, uh, Sunday school area, a place we went to church on Sunday. And then we went to visit some farm that the church made for rice. And we kind of visited the farm. Uh, we all went and saw different things. This is how the ladies kind of do palm oil thing to get money to be able to support their kids. That's what they do. In the dirt hole and then put water in there and they make palm oil. And uh, I have a whole video on that. But those, the kids were the, They were honored the a palm tree as the mom were working out there so different places different things and then i explained to the guys you know different with bathroom be thankful what you got different things about know, sir gary I explained to him people carrying stuff around school wanted to help uh with uh, with some uh projects i want to do gary want to be african carry stuff this is the guy I've never been on a mission trip so he just went wild he was awesome he had a great time with the people and um uh, So the the different things that took place, and that's the Lutheran Church that that during the Civil War, the soldier came and killed 176 people. So it's a historical church, and nobody lives there. There's no service there. It just stands there. So we kind of have an important thing in the life of the the country. Um, We finally took some rest, and we went to the beach. We ate, you know, Vietnamese food. Some of our guys, this is one of our drivers. Um, This is the beach where we were. Spend some time together. Coconut, he's having a great coconut thing. And uh, Vietnamese guys he met and were just awesome. Um, The lady always come to the place where we were and we shared the gospel with her. And uh, some of the guys that just just wild, it was just crazy. Now on the airport, getting back to come back home, and the plane took us to Puerto Rico because they didn't have gas, so they took us to Puerto Rico. So I don't know how that works. but we landed in Puerto Rico. Flew back to New York, and we came back to our place. So that's, I kind of wanted to show you, thank you very much. I kind of wanted to show you that there was an actual pastor's conference. That's my whole point. It was an actual pastor's conference. And you know what? I never knew in my entire life that there was going to be an Ebola. So we went just in time last year, just in time. When we came back to the States... We heard this thing here. There's an Ebola outbreak. What? Ebola outbreak. What is that? Um, Sickness that kill people? Really? Yeah. Well, how does that happen? Well, you know, you get this thing and this whole statistic, as you know. So God set the pastor's conference at God's timing. Church, God set the conference at God's timing. 21 years I have tried to go, never worked. God set the conference at God's timing. So here the pastor conference took place. We have the five churches that went with us and they began to do some stuff that have affected the life of this country. When we came back, we decided to form a group called Liberty Pastors Conference Ministry. That's what we have now. We just make up the name. And that is the church, is the ministry of Calvary Chapel in partnership with five other churches. And as a there is our website, as you can see, LCM, Liberty Conference Ministry. Liberty Conference Ministry is the ministry of Calvary Chapel, Red Wing, in partnership with all these other churches that God just brought just in time. And guess what? When we came back here, we begin to re- I said, Lord, what am I gonna do? I get called and God said, Pastor Ben. You came here, you brought pastors from America that came and taught us the word of God. Now we are going through a hard time. What is the church going to do in America? And so I sat down and I said, what am I going to do? And I went in my office. I just cried. I said, God, I don't know what to do. We are a small church. We don't have the fun. Are you kidding me? We don't have the fun to do anything. This is what the Lord said to me. Be a mouthpiece for your people. Like, okay, what does that mean? I can speak English. How can I be a mouthpiece? A young lady from our church, by the name of Mel Hagee, came to me. She said, Pastor Ben, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. She said, I want to make a video? Video? Yeah. Okay. She probably in a coffee shop, shot the video, put it on YouTube. The Republican ego heard about it, pick up the story. They said, Well, Pastor Ben, we'll put you like on the fourth page so you can kind of look through. We like your story. I said, All right, not a problem. They called me back, they said, No, we want it to be a front page. It became the front page of the news. Other people pick it up. We begin to raise the fund. We send five thousand. Five churches for the first time in the history of Red Wing, I was told. I don't live there all my life. They've never worked together. Five churches last week worked together. We made pies. 114 pies. First time ever for the churches to work together. Ever. And we asked for a donation of $10 per, per pie. We have received... $2,600 from 114 pies. First time ever, I'm told, that these churches ever work together. What is the purpose of the church? Do we see things deteriorate? Or do we take advantage of those opportunities and advance the kingdom of God? Antioch Church did it. We can do it. I spoke to Pastor Don. He said, I want you to come share with our church what God is doing. This is the doing of God. No man can claim any glory. Because there's no way on planet Earth to to manufacture a system to have these five churches that don't see eye to eye to work together for a, a common goal. So here, we see God is breaking the barriers of division. I love that song we sang today. The strife has been broken away because of the blood of Jesus. One thing we taught at a conference, we had 207 pastors that came, pastors and ministry leaders at a conference. The largest, listen, the largest conference in the history of Liberia. Now, you say, what? 207, that's not much. Well, every denomination have their own conferences. This is the first conference that brought people from over 83 different denominations and churches. First time ever. Who did that? It is the power of God to transform lives. What is the purpose of the church? What is the vision of the church? What is the goal of the church? God's purpose is we advance the kingdom of God. Make, opportunity, make Take advantage of every opportunity God gave us i Pastor Dunn. I want to close up. You guys have great impact here. You live in a city, in the center of a city, where there's one of the largest, renowned hospital on the planet here. So that means you get people that are sick that come to Mayo Clinic. Your opportunities are endless people that can come first of all they are broken hearted they are sad what are we going to do we want to embrace them with the love and with the passion of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you know what you want to plant churches that will go to the ends of the earth because when they leave they are going home when they go home what do they take with them american culture Or Christ? What do we want them to take with them? American culture? Or Christ? I'm sure you would rather have them take American culture. No. You would rather have them take Christ with them. Center of opportunity to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to plan some things. If you want to partner with us in this regard, that we will be able to to do something together, I told Pastor Domain, I said, "Look, I would love Carriage Chapel Rochester and Carriage Chapel Red Wing for us to team together to do something. Whatever this something is, that we can advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a in a terrible time. Do you guys know that? Ferguson, everything is racist. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. Okay." I'm not even gonna go there, okay? Do we take opportunity of the circumstances around us and advance the kingdom of God? Or do we kind of perpetuate a problem? Do we help? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that, and kind of add some fire to it, or do we allow God to work through the circumstances so that we can advance the kingdom of God? I pray that each of us will capture that. Antioch did it to church in Jerusalem, Gentiles and the Jews To brook the barrier. I'm going to break the barrier. I pray that God will allow us and give us those opportunities to continue to advance the kingdom of God. God bless. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning you've given to us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your spirit will just reign and rule in our hearts. That will take hold of every opportunity that comes our way. To share with those that we come across of the gospel of the kingdom of God. I thank you, God, for your church. We thank you, God, for the church here, Lord, in Rochester. How Father God, you've united hearts together, advancing the kingdom of God. I pray, God, that you will encourage them, that you will strengthen them, you give them more vision. Cause them, Lord Father, to see the world and assist them, Lord, beyond the four walls of our church. And to see God's global view and plan for the world. We thank you, Lord, for giving us. A time for such a time as this. Help us, Lord, embrace those times and advance your kingdom. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I just want to thank you again for the opportunity of being able to come to share with you. Um, I'm so delighted into the, into coming here. I know I've kind of been planning to come. I've kind of been working on this for a long time. Um, But it's one of those things that you guys know, there's always something going on, you know. Everything is always emergency, you know. And so, but I want to thank you so much for allowing me to be here, to share with you what God is doing. And I pray that God will encourage you. You'll be encouraged today as you go. Find those opportunities that God has for you and step in that. And you will see what God is going to do. You may not like it. It may not be your plan. But guess what? If it is God's plan, man, it's going to flourish is gonna flourish. For God's glory and for his name's sake. Thank you so much and um
0: that's it, right? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you.